0: The Dream 3 Podcast, back in your life. We're back again after probably our biggest episode of all time last week where we broke down our top 10 greatest quarterbacks of all time. It was so controversial that even Neil got a text that somebody wanted to give him the hands on site for not putting Dan Marino in his top 10. So we're going to come back with another list tonight. We're going top 10 running hold backs. Hold on, hold on, <laughs> real quick. Dan
1: Marino. Like that's great if you can pass the ball, you can throw the ball wherever you want. But if you can't win the games when the mat when it matters most, I you're not going to be in my top ten. Like
0: I don't care. You can't win the Super Bowl. Everybody else won a Super Bowl. Why can't you? So Neil Neil's going to catch the hands on site for his terrible uh, top ten list. That's all right. I'll uh, beat a, I'll beat a. I'll beat a kid who weighs 130
1: pounds. I don't care. can't. <laughs> Breakway 130. No, I'll he's probably
0: lay. one. He's probably 185 now. Oh, I could probably still lay on top of him. True. True. But tonight we're going top 10 running backs of all time. But before we get into that, obviously we got to thank our sponsors that help us keep this podcast going. SlabSavers, protectyourslab.com. Use that code Dream3. Get 10% off your order. Graded Card Solutions, graded I just sold a big time Randy Moss card today. Use Use code dream 15 to get 15% off your order. So you can properly, I saw too many LeBrons on Twitter this weekend. They got broke during the mail because of all the snow. So ship your cards properly, please. Yeah. I need to get
1: then, some more boxes to be honest. I'm right. Yeah. Well.
0: And then finally get off eBay, start using other people to sell your cards. Use prospect.cards. That's www.prospect.cards. Don't pay those 12, 13% eBay fees. Use code Ooh, Dream. What
1: about the authenticity thing too? Anything mm-hmm. over six hundred dollars or something, if it's raw, mm-hmm. has to go mm-hmm. through authenticity, and then and then they send it to there, and then you have to send it, and then they send it back, and then if it doesn't pass, then you have to worry about that.
0: So, so eBay is going to become a cluster. So start looking be at a different backlog, companies. Like PSA. It is so start looking at the uh, Prospect use code dream3 you're going to get as a 0% seller fee for 2 months and then after that it's going to go up to 2%. So use those guys. Also uh Nation Golf Company, nationgolfco.com, uh relive the glory days of golf, great polos, great hats, great sweaters. Um, find them at nationgolfcompany.com. So, back into it, we're going to start right off the top. I have to be honest, this Weekend we had the NHL All Star Game and today we had the NFL Pro Bowl football game. Uh, All Star games suck. They're terrible. They're 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 quite quite awful. I like
1: I like the three on three All Star game for the NHL, and I like the skills competition, but like even 3 on 3 like it just kind of gets boring cuz they're not really trying. No one's trying. For sure. Like the only game that matters is the second game and it's everybody gets a million dollars and it's split between 12 people so everybody gets what 8 grand. <clears throat> it's pocket change to them.
0: So I'm thinking trash. that and cuz you look at the NFL game today it was basically a two-hand touch Football game, nobody's you know playing. Nobody wants to get hurt. This and that. So if this is the case, instead of having bad football on TV, why can we not just like do the week or a couple days of skills competition and then be done with it? Like if nobody need
1: that, the skills that, competition
0: was stupid.
1: It, it is. The but, dodgeball game was sad, and that used yeah. to be
0: fun. So you no, know, what I would love to see is them go back to. Kind of the, the older games, the bench press competition, the uh, precision passing competition. Um, what else? Ru- the, well, Russ did well. The obstacle in the precision
1: passing. Yeah, the obstacle course.
0: The obstacle 40 course. Forty yard dash. Forty yard dash. Which we good. saw this. We they had that this weekend with Tyreek Hill and Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons beat Tyreek Hill. You could tell Tyreek Hill didn't even try. So. He beat Nick you know, Chub. He he did beat Nick Chubb though. He did beat Nick Chubb and Trayvon Diggs. But I don't want to hear this. He beat Tyree Hill. No. You know what they need to bring back
1: is the uh the like the longest throw.
0: The longest throw because, because that like, was yeah
1: back in the early two thousands like everybody was throwing like sixty five yards. Could you imagine like Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes? They're gonna
0: they need like 120-yard field. So I want to say the record of the longest throw <laughs> at the Pro Bowl was Aaron Brooks from the Saints. I think yeah. he threw 69. That was 2002 or 2003. It would be destroyed. It would be. It would be. Could you do Patrick Mahomes versus Josh Allen versus you know anybody else with a big-time cannon?
1: I mean, Aaron, I mean, it would probably be – Everybody who's well, minus like Kirk Cousins, I don't think he can throw that far. Who
0: else would it? Kyler Murray? I, eh, Kyler Murray might be able to do it. Yeah. So instead of watching, you know, two in touch football, just do the competitions and let's move on with the weekend. The guys don't want to play. It, it, it's, you know, it's incentivized in their contracts for making the Pro Bowl. And then obviously there's a winner and a loser of the game and they're paid whoever wins and whoever loses, but no one's taken the pro bowl serious since Sean Taylor and Sean Taylor was lighting punters up. Like he played a hundred percent at all times. It didn't matter what game it was. Sean Taylor was lighting people up.
1: Yeah, no, that was fun. Well, I told you this before we started, I said, they need need to make a new game. And, And instead of the pro bowl, we'll call it the relegation game. And it's like, it's like the two worst teams in the league. They go and play. The loser gets relegated. The winner gets the first pick in the draft. Okay. The team that gets relegated, they're gone. Bye. See you later. You can can apply next year to get back in. But until then, sorry, you don't win. And then they can go play in the Canadian Football League or something.
0: Yeah. Or European League. Or XFL or USFL. Yep. Exactly. (laughs) Do away with it. Somewhere. I don't Um... care. Yeah, could be a uh that at least give somebody to put and,
1: and you know what? Even pay pay the people an extra hundred thousand dollars for the game. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Give them an extra so long, see ya. You have something to play for now. That mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you couldn't get it done in the regular season. Maybe this one will actually show that you know you care about your sport.
0: Very true. Very true. Well, I think It'd our opinion fine. I think our opinion is just else, man. It's just we don't want to see the all-star games and if you do you got to try like yeah or do something else figure it out yeah so also this weekend there was a big or not a big but there was a lot of auctions from golden so a lot of sports cards cases memorabilia went up this weekend. there's still stuff going on right now and they're even having some auctions going on tomorrow where yes. there's some nice stuff coming out so let's just kind of touch on some things that got sold this weekend i'm going to scroll through and kind of bring some of these things up yeah you have you have
1: the stuff that just sold
0: last night right? i had the stuff that sold last night so we had a uh 2001 tom brady kaboom the green 101 psa yes. 8 so tom brady's record sales you know all-time highs right now obviously retirement uh, the Kaboom sold for one hundred eighty-eight thousand dollars. That is an all-time record for any Kaboom card. Obviously, Tom Brady's, and at, at a PSA eight, I think that's that's a good deal for a PSA eight.
1: That's uh, well, yeah, but it's a one one so very true. Yeah, um, it makes you, me feel good about the gold Kaboom Aaron Donald that I picked up.
0: Mm-hmm. We also had another uh, Michael Jordan eighty-six Flair PSA ten. Now, what's interesting to me is the prices of this seem to kind of be flattening out, especially at a PSA 10 level. <clears throat> um, the final sale of the auction last night was $288,000. Um, if we remember the peak of these Jordan 86 Fleers were uh, during, or it was 850,000, 860,000. And that was during the Jordan documentary. And after that, it seems like, and we've talked about this. We talked about this with the uh, retro booming, um, the PSA pop count besides the 10 is kind of just, you know, adding on to itself, adding on to itself. So it's almost to the point it's not overproduced. Let's say population wise, like a Zion, but the more are coming into the population count every single day. And you see the statistics that PSA puts out Jordan 86 flare cards are like the number one graded card that they get.
1: Yeah.
0: It's a problem. there's too it, many it, of them. It is. So that's just going to drive the price of these down. So $288,000, I mean, it's climbed down from $800,000. And I think it's going to continue to just hit the floor and hit the floor and hit the floor.
1: Yeah, I mean, I th- I'd say like two hundred forty to 300000 is probably what you're going to see as far as from it moving forward. Unless, obviously, like the more that like, you know, the rising tide lives off boats. So if, mm-hmm. if like Curry starts to make some noise, if Braun starts to make some noise, Kevin Durant starts to make some noise, you know, if if those guys start moving up in their accolades and their possession all time, then obviously it's gonna drive up Michael Jordan a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um I mean Michael Jordan, the, the Fleer eighty six is probably the most iconic card in all of basketball and um it's I mean it's gonna continue to be desired, but it's just it's hard to put that much value into something that's overly produced
0: mm-hmm. and which mm-hmm. is
1: exactly what's happening in modern day sports cards ultra modern you know too many base cards. it's a base card, too many of the same grade, you too many price to var- down
0: too many variations.
1: yep, yeah, anybody can get the card. It yeah. just it makes it less desirable because everybody can just go out and buy one.
0: Very so, true, very true. <clears throat> and I, I, mean, I was i thought my next card was going to be an 86 fleer um, i didn't know what the grade was going to be but you know after us talking like you i feel like down the road maybe five ten years you'd be able to pick up a psa 10 for you know 25 grand maybe maybe even less
1: no there's no way you don't think it's, so uh, no because there's only 200 there's
0: 317 Yeah,
1: three. So imagine, like, there's 317 people in the card community who have enough money to own that card in a PSA 10. Like, I believe that there's three. I think there's more than that many people who want to own that card. And on Mm -hmm. top of that, own multiples of that card, which dries up the well of availability. And I think that card will maintain its value. I think where it gets... Bad though is pretty much like PSA eight and lower, because mm. there's like there's like twenty five thousand PSA eights or BGS eights. So you're telling me twenty like there's like the car community is getting bigger, but it's not that big and it's not yeah. sustainable if there's twenty eight thousand PSA eights.
0: But it does make a uh, there is a good point by by Michael that comes up that the sticker, the eighty six sticker could be the next desirable thing.
1: Yes, I mean it's yeah, it's it's much less produced. Um
0: I mean, you had a but sticker. But I think at you're one, trying huh? to
1: change the course of history that hasn't happened yet in the last fifty years. True. And True. trying to tell people, oh, f- this is going to be the new card, which it's been like that for the past fifty years. So, for well, forty whatever, forty mm-hmm. six years. So, it trying to tell people now, just it it just wouldn't work. Um, True. But but but. I still think like every person at some point should own a flare 86 if they're truly a collector. Um,
0: it's an iconic card that you must yes. have in your collection. If,
1: if you're like, let's say you have a card that has gone up substantially in value and now you bought a card at $2,000 that's worth $10,000 and someone offers you $5,000 and a FLIR Michael Jordan, you can always go and find the last sale which probably happened two or three days ago mm-hmm. so you can get mm-hmm. an accurate price of what it's really worth and then go and just sell it because you know you're going to get that value for it so for sure it's, from that aspect like it's as liquid as liquid gets for cards which is good when you're trying to trade out or get cash or move away or sell off from something so like from my aspect i always ask for trade and cash on deals because mm-hmm. for me it's it's a lot easier to move right now, especially when cash is kind of not at a premium in this hobby. Um, because everybody's sitting on cards, it, it's nice to have it's nice to have cash in front of you and it's nice to take back a little bit of trade and what's a liquid card to make it easier to sell. So for sure. But that's me.
0: So a couple more cards that um finalized some sales yesterday. So there was a 2019-20. Uh, national treasures, John Morant patch on card audio. Obviously, the national treasures are the most desirable cards you can are you talking get. Like
1: with the, this, with the flawless one, do you see that? I did not. So, what well, go ahead with what you're saying.
0: So, final sale price of this, John Morant has been on fire lately. Cards are starting to go back up, prices on him. Final sale of this was $240,000. Um, I know Shine has like eight of these. Yeah. And this Whoa, is this was is it the ninety nine? This is out of ninety nine, yes.
1: Okay, so there was a um I think there's one that I saw just scrolling through Instagram looking at stories where a Jomorant NT PS BGS eight or eight point five was selling for the same price as a flawless Jomorant mm-hmm. PSA ten. And that's where I'm like, number one, do you not realize that the Flawless is game-worn? Number two, do you not realize the Flawless is a PSA 10, which is... Unheard of. uh, Yeah. Number three, Flawless is numbered out of 25, and it still has the rookie card emblem. Mm -hmm. Why are we not turning to game-used RPAs? Like it's from the game from his rookie year. Why are we not doing this? Like, yeah, are we are we just too stuck in national treasures to understand? Like, the card itself and what it all entails is much better and flawless than national treasures just because it says national treasures. Agreed. And it's a napkin from a birthday party.
0: Yeah, um, you're 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 totally you're totally right because you know your napkin we don't know what it's it's not game used it's player worn which player worn could mean a whole bunch of different things correct Um, always go always go game used or if you're in the soccer world match used over player worn yep Um, match used
1: event used game used whatever has blood stain on it
0: yes keep it um, had a Mac Jones kaboom green kaboom, so that was a one of one. Also, it was a BGS 9 sold for 39000 I think that's not a bad price for a Mac Jones 101. No,
1: but here's the thing you're telling me Mac Jones is worth a quarter of Tom Brady.
0: People are buying a lot of hype, and we'll get into that as we keep going. There's a couple more cards that that's we can great. really digest. It's gonna of take why. All
1: this is going to take all night,
0: it, it, it might. Um, Obviously one of your favorite cards, exquisite upper deck LeBron James out of 99 patch auto, uh sold for 1.3 mil last night. Kind of on par with what's been going on. It's fair. One card that you did, I can, What did the I, uh
1: did the contenders out of 100 uh Brady sell last night too?
0: The contenders out of 100 Brady Is that playoff Playoff contenders championship ticket. Yes. That sold the BGS eight sold last night for 1.4 million. Okay. So
1: earlier this week, once the 8.5, there was an 8.5 that sold for 2.4. So a BGS eight, and you're telling me for BGS eight, I'm going to pay a million dollars less. Whoever got that got a steal.
0: But I also think, so there's this uh, LeBron rookie uh, ultimate collection. On card auto out of two hundred and fifty, it's a pristine. So it's it's black labeled. It's BGS tens. What, all what card is it? It is a two thousand three four ultimate collection number. Oh one yeah, company. yeah. The vertical two hundred and fifty. The vertical out of two hundred and fifty sold for six hundred sixty thousand. That's way undervalued. It's, it's so undervalued. Like that should that should be a million dollar card, especially being a pristine. black label. Yeah, being yeah. a black label, it, it's. That's the know, hardest
1: grade you'll ever achieve in a card. And you're telling me there was one of them in a LeBron rookie? Like it's that's the, it's
0: unimaginable. It's a unicorn type type grade. So whoever got that for six hundred and sixty thousand dollars, it sounds like a lot of money, but that's a steal. That's a million dollar card.
1: Yeah, 100 percent Whoever got that for six hundred sixty dollars have fun buying your next, you know, four hundred thousand dollar house because you just made it right there.
0: Good so job. here oh, we uh, we got now we got a Joe Burroughs okay. Uh, This is the Nike swoosh patch. So it's out of national treasures. It's one out of two on card auto. It's a BGS nine autograph 10. The final sale price was $289,000, but we go back to what we just talked about on the John Morant. This is not game used. This is player worn patch. So, so here's the thing with football post
1: 2015, there were only like, a handful of guys who ever had game use stuff as rookies, all the flawless stuff is player worn too. Mm -hmm. So football is way different in that everything is pretty much player worn. Um, I would assume the reason why is because you have 16 games and in basketball, you have 82 games. So might be a little bit easier to get a game worn Jersey than something else.
0: But there was also a Joey Burroughs, the immaculate uh, NFL shield. Logo on card was a one-on-one. This is not graded. So this card is raw. Yeah. And it went for 534000 Uh, Congrats to
1: whoever is selling that. You better hope he wins the Super Bowl.
0: You have to. Oof. And if... We'll, we'll get into that because we have to talk about Super Bowl picks too. Yeah, we do. Uh, a couple more. Uh, had a Michael Jordan game used uh, jersey. Game jersey all-star. And shorts. And shorts. Yep. Uh, six hundred thousand. Yeah, that's what grade was that? It's not a grade. It's the actual game used jersey and short.
1: Oh, oh, there was a there was a game jersey, um, one of the ninety eight game jerseys. It was a game worn All Star jersey autographed by him. Basically, like the equivalent of like the Tom Brady Super Bowl autos. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't see what that one went for. I need to figure that out though. But oh, that, that's sure. a good that's a good buy. Uh, yeah. I mean, anything game worn is a good one. Uh,
0: four more. Let's go uh, Kobe Bryant. So 97, Metal Universe. So a PMG. This is a PSA 4. So a PMG is a precious metal gem. Yeah. Green? Um, red. It is red. Okay.
1: So, so
0: PSA 4. Okay. Went for 229000 Beautiful. Um, PMGs are
1: through the roof, so I'm not surprised. Whoever sold that, great. Whoever bought it, great. I think that's
0: um, three more happy if one became available. <clears throat> Let's go uh, 1957 Pele. This is an SGC two. sold for $486,000. This is the <coughs> second most expensive soccer card of all time.
1: What was the, was the Ronaldo number one? Uh, yes. Yeah. I mean, Pele probably regarded as the vintage Mickey Mantle goat. Mm-hmm. So, seems pretty cheap,
0: especially
1: compared to the rest of the other sports market.
0: Now let's go into the last two. The last two we're going to have big questions on because you're really taking a a swing at the hopes department. So the first one is going to be a 2020 Bowman Chrome Jason Dominguez (laughs) super refractor, so it's a one-on-one. It's a Jason Dominguez. Is this an on-card or is it a sticker? um i, I would, it's hard to tell but i i think it's on card it's a psa 10
1: 470 whatever $1000 474000 he hasn't swung a bat in the major leagues Mm-mm. i don't care how good he is playing in the Dominican or single a ball that's ridiculous
0: it, it's tough that's the thing with prospect and you're putting a lot of $400,000 into a guy who, like you said, hasn't hit in the majors yet. Yeah. And you, and he's got to sustain that. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. That's the problem.
0: That's and then, stupid. And then the final, final card, your boy, uh, 2019 national treasures, Zion Williamson, national treasures, game patch auto or not game use patch auto, but patch auto RPA. Out of 99, this is a BGS 9.5, autographed 10, sold for $594,000. I'm going to tell this you is, right now, I would an take 94
1: thousand boxes of Krispy Kreme donuts before yeah, I would
0: incredible. take that. It's an all-time record for any Zion Williamson card. Dude hasn't even played, has he played a, a game this year? Did, this, did Somebody's just flaunting their money right now. This, it makes no sense it makes it, it doesn't because he hasn't played a full year of nba basketball it's stupid i don't I, there's no way you could justify, justify that card worth
1: that much yeah,
0: you can't like i don't even how to know how to describe it like i, I don't even think it's a 100,000 dollar card
1: Well let's well, see what Jaws sell for 240 million?
0: Yeah. Or two hundred and forty
1: thousand.
0: And and Jaws. That's probably the peak.
1: And I don't I, I still like Jaws. And
0: we're days. not even talking we're not even at hype Zion peak anymore.
1: Yeah, it's stupid.
0: Unless it's somebody stupid. as long as the cell went through. It's dumb. <laughs> stupid. It's you know. Who knows? Who knows? Um, so do you want to go uh do you want to go Super Bowl picks or do you want to get into our top 10 and let Super Bowl picks be last? Super Bowl picks last. Super Bowl picks are last. All right, yep. so it's time it's controversial time. It's time for the top 10 running backs of all time. This is my list and this is Neil's list. Our top 10 running backs of all time.
1: You go first this week. I went first last week.
0: Okay, I will go first this week. Starting number 10 from the University of Miami, Indianapolis Colts running back from 1999 to 2005, Edron James. James is the all-time leader for the Colts in rushing. He's a two-time NFL rushing champion, ranks 13th all-time in NFL yards gained on the ground. He was a dynamic running style. He could pass catch. He could He could block, pass block. block. Um, His abilities made him one of the most dangerous backs in league history. And obviously, he is a Hall of Famer. So, Edrin James is my number 10 running back of all time.
1: See, you told me that was going to be controversial, but I'm going to tell you right now, I think there are like, I I think there's like seven guys you could put at number 10 Mm -hmm. who are all like, you could argue the same exact thing. So, for me, i put Earl Campbell, three-time All-Pro, five-time Pro Bowler, 1979 MVP, led the NFL in rushing three straight years, his rookie year, second year, and third year. Um, absolutely a beast to tackle. Like, stack nine guys in the box, and you're still worried about him running for mm-hmm. over 100 yards on you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a shame his his uh, his career got cut short, but, I mean, dude was a monster absolute monster and i believe he played in the exact same years and i'll get to this a little bit later on but he led the league in rushing you know rushing champion three straight years in a period that had some other guys that around that same time period who you would expect probably would have done better so very very interesting very very interesting
0: So Earl Campbell, number ten on your list. Yeah. Okay.
1: So, and I'll say, I'll just say this: like Edward James, like Tony Dorsett,
0: um, Marcus Allen. So Priest Holmes. So are these guys that did not make your list? Yeah. Sure. Okay. Okay.
1: Those like Priest Holmes, Earl Campbell. You could argue all of those guys being like right at the top, right in there at top ten but it's just like it took like i was sitting on number 10 for like the past three days trying to figure out who i was going to put in there
0: okay then before i get to number nine here are the guys that are just outside my top 10 list these are guys that you know like you said are kind of right on that mentions honorable mentions yeah so i had these guys are outside the top 10 list marcus allen curtis martin uh, Gail Sayers. Yep. yep. Tony Dorsett. Yep. John Riggins. Yep. Thurman Thomas. Yep. Franco Harris. Yep. Jerome Bettis. Yep. Frank Gore. I mean, yeah, but just because you just because you last the longest and and keep rushing, yeah, it doesn't mean that you're the greatest. Doesn't mean you're the greatest. One guy that I I flirted on putting in there but he didn't play long enough was Terrell Davis. Yeah.
1: I mean, there's one that I like priest Holmes was one that I was going to say. I mean, that guy was a monster. I mean, two years back to back, he had 48 touchdowns in two years. Mm -hmm. And he was Mm -hmm. like, he had over 2000 yards from scrimmage in those two years, led the NFL in rushing touchdowns and rushing yards. Like Mm -hmm. he was, he could have been onto something, but he just, didn't stay healthy so yeah no I like that's the thing there's like 15 guys you could literally put in that number 10 spot yeah but what i found out was like nine through one i felt like was pretty consistent as far maybe the numbers are different but i think those guys are always in there
0: i agree i think our numbers are going to be different but i bet (laughs) we'll have the same guys in the top 10 yeah um so number nine for me uh slash from brentwood aka orenthal J simpson uh, buffalo running back from 1969 to 1977 then played with the 49ers from 78 to 79 where he did not kill bill walsh i swear um, so oj the juice obviously known um, probably one of the most gifted running backs of all time like if you watch old film on him uh, he included he had 4 NFL rushing titles and NFL MVP honors in 73 mm-hmm. was in the pro bowl 6 times um was also the first person to rush for 2000 yards in a season and only did it in 14 games yep. and like we said about Earl Campbell this is times even though it's a little bit earlier when they were playing to stack the mm-hmm. box and you, they knew you were going to run yep so so I'm going to give it to OJ. He still has his Heisman while well. Reggie Bush does not. Um and what's a bigger feat, you know, slashing defenses for 2000 yards or slashing two necks in one night allegedly. Yeah.
1: Um number 9. <laughs> OJ Simpson. I uh 100% agree. Um only thing I can add to that, five straight 1000-yard seasons. He beat the prison system. I don't know how he managed to do it. He averaged six yards a carry during the course of a season, which is astronomically high. I mean, it's just absolutely crazy. Keep Riggins out of 10th spot. D-Bland, we have 20 guys who we could have put at number 10. It should have just been the honorable mention number 10 spot for these 20 guys. Like, it really should have been. There's just so many guys out there. Um, I mean,
0: Riggins was good. I mean, he was one of eight eight guys to rush for 10,000 yards.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and he's got um, a super
0: bowl MVP, which is tough.
1: Yep. The only other thing I added was a five-time all pro. So, Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, OJ Simpson was, and oh, and he averaged 143 yards a game um, during his 6.0 yard, a carry season, Mm -hmm. 1973 MVP year. So,
0: and he has a very interesting uh, Twitter account. So if you don't follow (laughs) OJ, yeah yeah you know honestly but- like growing up i watched the movie naked gun and he's in all the naked gun movies and i was like oh that's oj simpson not knowing about you know i was really young at the time not knowing about the, <laughs> the murderer oj simpson yeah but you know he never got a quit or he never got convicted for it so number eight this might be a little low on on your list but former NFL or former Indianapolis Colts running back, there's Marshall, two of them, Marshall Falk. Okay, I'm going with Marshall Falk, number eight. Um, he's a, was the one of the premier do it all backs. Um, one of just two players in NFL history to gain a thousand yards rushing and a thousand yards receiving in the same season holds the NFL record for most consecutive seasons with at least 2000 yards from scrimmage with 4, he's yep. a Super Bowl champion, took home two NFL MVP's in 2000 and 2001 and he's a Pro Football Hall of Famer. Yep.
1: I'll add more to that later on. Okay. Um now you really close here, but I chose Eric Dickerson as my number 8 all time. So the only reason why eight thousand yard seasons, most rushing yards ever in a season, two thousand one hundred five yards, nineteen eighty four, average one hundred thirty one point six yards a game, five point six yards per rush, four times two thousand or four times in in his career he hit the two thousand scrimmage yards mark. Mark career average of four point seven yards a carry. On top of that, four time rushing champion. Um, leading league four years, six time Pro Bowler, five time All Pro. Eric Dickerson is the face of vintage Los Angeles Rams. But when I think about a complete back and everything that is a running back, yes, you have to be able to run the ball, you have to be able to pass block, but you also have to be able to catch the ball out of the backfield, which is only the reason why I have Eric Dickerson at number eight currently. So I'll leave it at that.
0: Okay, so I'll jump into number seven, Eric Dickerson. I have Dickerson at number seven. Could you tell me the four NFL teams that he played for in his career? Colts, Rams, Falcons, and... Is
1: it the Broncos? No. I can't remember the last one.
0: Raiders Raiders. He was in the Raiders in 92. I remember the Falcons and that was it. So I have Dickerson higher than Marshall Falk. The reason being is his running style, how smooth he was. If you watch the film of Eric, when he wanted to gain on people, it just never looked like he broke stride. He just got faster. Yeah. yeah. People forget that runner. he was six foot three playing running back. Yeah. Amazing! And you look. He played 146 games. He had 13,259 rushing yards. He averaged 4.4. Had 90 rushing touchdowns. 15,396 yards from scrimmage. 96 total touchdowns. Uh, he was obviously a Hall of Famer and the NFL all, 100 All Team in 2019. Like, like you said, when you think of vintage running back of the Rams or just you think of the rec specs, you think of Eric Dickerson.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, Dickerson, his pure running style was something that like the, here's the comparison that I, that I was always trying to like figure out who I wanted ahead of the other one. And it was because Dickerson, yes, pure runner, but there's more than just taking the ball and running like there is in the NFL now. And yes, it was it was great back in vintage football 1970s and 80s to just be a pure runner. But if you have that added ability of catching the ball like a Marcus Allen, you you make it very hard to stop you in just your one-dimensional way. You become mm-hmm. a dual threat back, which is important I think in how the game is evolving. But I also think it's just important overall when we talk about the greatest running backs of all time. Yes. So, um that is one reason why I had Eric Dickerson at eight. But I will move on. <clears throat> Some people probably will not like this. Some friends of mine. I have Adrian Peterson at number seven. Eight, time, eight times in his career he reached over 1,000 yards, and he's played for – how long has he played for since 2007? So 15 years, yep. 15 years, but he's also done it on, on different, different teams,
0: bad um, teams,
1: bad teams, Minnesota. still being able to, um, go out there and perform at a high level, even after injury, even after the whole child abuse thing, like, and then coming back and, and then injury again. And it's, there, there's a lot going on with his career. Um, but he was probably the last true running back. Maybe Derrick Henry gets there, but he's probably the last true running back in the modern era we ever see. Mm -hmm. Um, just because running backs are, are evolving more and more and it's not truly a running game as much anymore. Um, obviously there's some people who have the talent, a Jonathan Taylor, a Derrick Henry, um, those guys are talented. They're great running backs. How the rest of their career goes, we'll see How, what they sack up all time. Um, I'm not saying they will be. I'm just saying to, in, in terms of a true running back. But Adrian Peterson, four-time All-Pro, seven-time Pro Bowler, 2012 MVP, coming off of a torn ACL, 2,096 rushing yards that year, 131 yards a game, 2,300 scrimmage yards, which is top 10 scrimmage yards all time. I believe it was – maybe top five. I can't remember because I think Chris Johnson has the number one because he ran for forever and a half. Um.
0: Anyways. Most most uh, rushing yards in a single game.
1: Yeah. 296 yards in a single game. Uh, Comeback player of the year. And like I said before, last modern day running back, great running back that I think there'll ever be. Um, Just because of the way the game's evolving. Sure, ballot. Also a three-time Russian leader champion.
0: Sure, first ballot Hall of Famer.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah, I mean, great player. Um, Probably the last guy will I. I, Probably the last guy I will ever see, truly like a true running back, in my eyes that I got to see will be Mm -hmm. Adrian Peterson. I mean, top top ten guy all time. So.
0: Number six, number six on my list from the Dallas Cowboys, Emmitt Smith. So Emmitt Smith played with the Cowboys from 90 to 2002, finished his career with the Arizona Cardinals. (laughs) Now Emmitt's ability to successfully attack opponents' defenses, unlike any running back in NFL history, helped him become the NFL's all-time leader in rushing yards. He also holds the NFL record for career rushing touchdowns season with at least 1,000 yards, 11, as well as the record for career 100-yard rushing games, 78. Emmett won four uh, NFL rushing titles, was a two-time NFL MVP, 92 and 93. He's also a three-time Super Bowl champion. Um, And he's got a Super Bowl MVP to his name. Um, You look at his game. He played 226 games. Um, He had 18,355 yards, average 4.2 yards per carry, 164 rushing TDs, uh, 21,579 yards from scrimmage, which has 175 total touchdowns, pro football hall of famer in 2010 and uh, NFL 100 all team in 2019. So I have Emmett Smith, um, I can actually, so far through my list, Edron James, number 10, um, Marshall, eight, Eric Dickerson, seven, and Emmett Smith, I all saw play live. It's pretty good. It is. I will say, go, so going through the rest of my list, um, one, I saw Peterson two, and Marshall two, three, play. Three, four, <laughs> five, six. So six out of my 10 guys, I saw play live. Yeah. So for me, number six, Emmett Smith. <clears throat> number six, Marshall Falk.
1: Seven time Pro Bowler, three time All Pro, one time Super Bowl champ, um, two time MVP. Also finished second in MVP, voting, MVP voting, voting as well. So potential could have been three time MVP. Um, seven times ran for 1,000 yards in a season. Um, over his three year span from 99 to 2001 ran for 5.3 yards per carry up to five point in his first year was 5.5 yards 5.4 and then 5.3 1300 rush yards a thousand receiving yards and 2000 scrimmage yards four times um first like you said before first person to ever do the thousand and thousand club um that's pretty unnotable um Also had over 22 touchdowns in three seasons. Was a part of the greatest show on turf, um, which I think we can all attest to. It was probably one of the greatest offenses of all time uh, ever constructed. And then uh, averaged over 100 scrimmage yards a game for seven seasons. Um, Yeah, I mean... Eric Dickerson, that's why I said it was like Eric Dickerson and Marshall Falk. I mean, you're talking about the two greatest players and probably, well, so far, two greatest players in Rams franchise history um, from the and, modern niche area minus Deacon Jones, Merlin Olsen, and those guys.
0: I mean, and, um, and Colts era. You think all three yeah. of those guys are in the Colts ring of honor?
1: Yes, yes. Yes, correct. And Eric ran ran for 1,000 yards with the Colts and Rams in a combined season. I think he hits, maybe 1,600 that year or something crazy.
0: And let's see, Dickerson was with the Colts for five years. Marshall was with the Colts for four years. Yep. And Edrin, I believe, was 10.
1: Yes. So, yeah. um, Marshall was just – he was a game-breaker. I mean, he was truly the complete back – um of modern day football so number six marshall Faulk.
0: all right number five on my list of the top 10 running backs of all time from the san diego chargers led tomlinson lt was with the chargers from 2001 to 2009 and with the jets from 2010 to 2011 Tomlinson was a threat to reach the end zone every time he touched the football. The 2006 NFL MVP is the seventh leading rusher in NFL history and ranks third in touchdowns behind Jerry Rice and Emmett Smith with 162 touchdowns. He also holds countless NFL records, most notably the single season touchdown record 28 and the record for four consecutive games with a touchdown 18 that was almost broken by jonathan taylor this year um he would he would you know rank a little bit higher if the chargers didn't suck because if you look at lt's career numbers 170 games 13,684 rushing yards averaging 4.3 145 rushing touchdowns 18,005 or 456 yards from scrimmage with 162 total touchdowns hall of famer um you know one of the greatest running backs i've ever seen play could catch the ball out of the backfield could uh block up the middle if need be screen passes dump offs make people miss run people over stiff arm and have a little celebration at the end of the end zone yep well um number five danian Tomlinson. look at that um
1: All right, before I go to that, so last thing, Marshall Falk had 19,000 scrimmage yards Mm -hmm. over 19,000 or 19,000 scrimmage yards, which is an insane amount considering he only rushed for what, 12,000, 13,000?
0: He only rushed for 12,279 yards. So you're telling me he's got
1: 19,000 scrimmage yards. So again, that was just one other thing. It was like... You're putting up that much yardage, you're just literally doing everything you can out of your position. Um, but that's 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 number six, number five. Let's not take anything away from Ladanian. So, eight straight thousand yard seasons in the year 2006 when he was MVP at 28 rushing touchdowns, but people also forget he threw a bunch of passing touchdowns too. He and he caught a re- or caught a receiving touchdown as well. So in total, in that two thousand six season, he had thirty three touchdowns, thirty three touchdowns. Not to mention he had um, sixteen hundred rush yards, seven hundred. Oh, in two thousand three, he had sixteen hundred rush yards, seven hundred receiving yards, a hundred catches, and I believe that year he had like twenty four touchdowns too. So, can you imagine the fantasy output from a year like that? Like, it, like it's ridiculous. Like he was just truly like. You th- you talk about people like Cooper Cup having a- an amazing fantasy year and one of the all time great receiving years of all time. Like LT's still putting up two hundred more fantasy points. Agreed. In modern football than that, just with touchdowns and receiving and catching and everything, and, um, yeah, I mean LT was just a monster. An absolute monster. Um, he he was literally one guy like you always felt like you were just at some point he was gonna score and it's just let's okay, let's only hold him to two touchdowns today because he's gonna get one. So you might as well just take it. <clears throat> I remember watching him and just just thinking to myself, I was like, wow, like I, I like Marshall Falk was good, but LT was just a different type of good. And he was I don't know,
0: one of the best. One of yeah. The best. I got to watch him play for both teams. I got to watch him play for the chargers and the jets both played at, uh, the RCA dome and or Lucas oil stadium or yeah. Lucas oil stadium. Um, yeah. One of, great running back fire every time he touched the ball yep he is number five on both of our lists yes all right number four on mine you've already touched on him but the tyler texas rose earl campbell one of the most powerful running backs of all time when i think that the era of Defenses stacking the box, knowing that you're going to run, and Earl Campbell putting his head down, spearing dudes and running them over. Um, That puts him so far up the list that you would need half of a defense to even tackle this guy. Um, We've already said this. um, Still the only running back in NFL history to rush for more than 200 yards in four games in a single season. Um, Hall of Fame back, was a three-time NFL Rushing League champion and took home the league MVP honors three years in a row. Just watch the highlight films. Go to YouTube, type in Earl Campbell Rushing Highlights, and just him, not even, like, people would slow him down and he would not even high-step gracefully. He would just, like, stomp over the guy, put his shoulder down, run him over, and keep going. Now you look at his stats. His stats aren't as gaudy as most of the guys that that we have mentioned. Played in 115 games, had nine thousand four hundred and seven rushing yards, averaging four point three. Only had seventy four rushing touchdowns, but he had ten thousand two hundred and thirteen yards from scrimmage. Um, pro football class, yeah, Pro Football Hall of Fame class in 1991. Uh, NFL 100 all-time team in 2019. I think just the brute force, strength, style, and speed, Earl Campbell is on my list at number four. Now, here's somebody that did not make my list, but could have if his career was was as long. Same type of back, but even more powerful and faster, Bo Jackson. Bo Jackson could have made that list. But his career just did not go out to plan. He's one so, of those guys that, he's one of those those tweeners that, is he one of the greatest of all time? We just got a taste of, of Bo Jackson. We didn't get Bo's full potential.
1: Right, right. But that's, I mean, that's why he wasn't even a consideration for the list. See, that's why I had Earl at 10, because he, he, he gave us his best, but... You like you got to give me more if you're gonna be the all time. Like if you're gonna put yourself number four, you got you got to at least give me like ten plus years of just pounding people out. But it's not do it. But it's not. His body wasn't built for that. Like nobody's body is built to punish people the way he punished people for ten plus years.
0: But Earl, you got to think about like you're playing from seventy eight to eighty five. Like what kind of passing offense was going around in 1984, 85, 78? Was your quarterback Dan Pastorini?
1: Oh, hold on. Is was Marino around that time?
0: Uh, Marino was drafted in eighty, eighty four because he's the same okay. one as as I LA. To remember everybody. LA and Marino were eighty four
1: i'm trying to remember
0: 84 or 87 84
1: or 87 yeah i just i i gotta see more like like he was great and he i mean he just bulldozed people just unlike Uh anybody else but i mean we could be saying this about derrick henry if he makes it five more good years where he's punishing people the way he's doing it
0: now you're telling me peyton hillis didn't make your top 10 Peyton Hillis was top 10 white running backs of all time. <laughs> the, the albino rhino did not make your top 10. I'm shocked. Top 10 Madden covers. Yeah, he made the Madden all-time work. running backs. What a trash Madden cover. Okay.
1: On number four, I have Emmett Smith. So to, I don't know if I can add really any much more than um, he averaged 110 yards and 110 yards a game. Few times, four time rushing title, all time leader in yards, um, second all time in touchdowns. I think longevity is what helps him. You're talking about a guy who's what three times Super Bowl champion, played what 16 years in the NFL, but played at a high caliber um, 11,000 11, yard seasons. Like no one, no one's good. No one will ever touch that ever again. And I think the longevity of doing that kind of brings him to like, you're able to be that good for that long. Like Frank Gore couldn't even do it. And he's been playing f- for longer than I've been alive. Played, uh played behind a really good offensive line in Dallas too. He he did. He did. But at the same time, you still got to go out there and produce like Ezekiel Elliott for the past, what, five years has played behind one of the best off top five offensive lines in, in the NFL. But doesn't mean he's always producing, you know, Mm -hmm. I, I, I just think, I think Emmitt Smith at number four, I think is, is, is fair just from the sheer sheer aspect of longevity and being able to produce at an all time level for that long, you know, that's why. And I hate Cowboys. I absolutely hate Cowboys.
0: So
1: go ahead. Number three.
0: So I, I got a feeling number three, two, and one for us are the same players, but I think the orders Hold might on, be
1: different. Did you have Adrian Peterson in this list? I did not. You didn't have Adrian Peterson. You you might want to go apologize to Justin and Alex before they come on this and just bite your head off.
0: I I just I did not have Adrian Peterson on this list. He did not make my top ten list. I was flirting with it. I would say you could if I was to exchange him for somebody I would exchange him with OJ. I don't
1: know, man. 296 yards in a game, you tell me
0: you can't put that. And it was gifts the Chargers. Okay, so <laughs> okay, so then that's like saying who was it? Was it uh uh was it Priest Holmes? Was it yeah. Priest Holmes who ran 280 something yards against the Browns? Yeah, like, but
1: I mean, the chart—you forget, like in those early 2000 like early 2010s, like everybody was choosing the Chargers every single year to somehow win the Super Bowl, which is absolutely insane. But they—it was because they had good defenses and good D line, and they played sound football, but they just couldn't get the job done but he obliterated them. Oh. One, not my top 10. It's, okay. it's okay. Craig will just come after you this time instead of me.
0: He might. He might. Let's stick to my guns. <laughs> um. All right. So number three on my list, and I got a feeling somebody watching this right now is not going to like where this man is placed. He'll be in the comments here shortly. Number three Probably one of the most electrifying running backs of all time. Yes, I did watch him in person. Barry Sanders. I have Barry Sanders, number three. Um, Arguably one of the most exciting players to watch in NFL history. Um, He seemed to defy the the laws of physics and escape the seemingly impossible. Guys would have him wrapped up and he would somehow get out. Um, the NFL Hall of Fame back is still fourth on the career rushing list, despite playing just ten NFL seasons, which he retired way too young. Um, he was a two-time NFL MVP in '91 and '97, four-time NFL rushing titles, '90, '94, '96, and '97. Um, he was a Pro Bowler ten times. Um, he also holds countless records and careers that you know should have been. Um, A lot longer now why is he number three and not higher once that he also he also holds the nfl record for most negative rushes
1: he also was playing for the worst franchise in nfl history
0: that's fine
1: that's fine that's all you need to know like He's played for the worst but NFL it, but franchise it's not like, in
0: history. It's not like one yard rush, one yard negative one yard rushes. It's like negative ten Dude, because he, he's playing he eleven won. on
1: one every game.
0: They went to the playoffs one of those years. They went to yeah, the playoffs because of, of him. Well, of course. I mean, who was their quarterback? Charlie Batch or Scott Mitchell? No, or... their
1: quarterback was freaking Barry
0: Sanders. They didn't need a quarterback. It was Barry freaking Sanders. They had Joey Galloway. They had other people. But you have... So Billy Sims is one of the greatest running backs of all time. He played for the Lions, too. But he wasn't in the top ten. We're talking about
1: <laughs> Billy Sims. They know Barry Sanders. Like Barry so... Sanders was putting people in spin
0: cycles doing whatever he wanted to people. So 153 games, 15,269 yards. He averaged 5.0 yards per carry. Yeah. So big time hitter, 99 rushing touchdowns, 18,000 all purpose yards had 110 or 109 total TDs. So he scored 10 out of the backfield, uh, hall of fame class of 2004, which you know, he should have been a first ballot Hall of Famer. 99, 2000, 2001. Well, too.
1: it's a good thing it's not the Baseball Hall of Fame because they threw yeah, everything up.
0: Yeah. The reason you know who Joey Galloway is. No, Joey Galloway was a great wide receiver before he even went to the, to the Lions. Joey Galloway was a great wide receiver for the Seattle Seahawks when the Seahawks were terrible. Oh. Mikey it's... Ray. All but heard about Barry Sanders being number three so, I, I mean, so who's your? I can tell you who your number three is. please, Walter Payton.
1: Yes. Yeah, and there's a here's here's the thing. Like, what what killed me when I was really like putting it down to it. So I'll just go over this. Ten time, ten times rushing for a thousand yards. Emmett Smith, the only one with more thousand yard seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, 1977 ran for 132 yards a game, 2,000 yards from scrimmage four times. 1977 MVP as well, five time All Pro, nine time Pro Bowler, 5.5 yards a carry that season. And but only was the rushing champion one time, one time, ever, one time. So putting a guy like him above a Barry Sanders or whoever else is next after that. I just couldn't do it knowing that, like, again, just like Emmitt Smith, you're giving me consistency and you're giving me sweetness, Mm -hmm. but you're not giving me Barry Sanders playing for the Detroit Lions. Like, put Barry Sanders on the Chicago Bears, put Walter Payton on the Detroit Lions, and tell me who has the better career. Like, it's not even close. It really isn't.
0: That's all I got to say. So Walter Payton had all-purpose yards, 3,000 more than Barry.
1: Listen, he averaged, Barry averaged five yards a carry while also having the most negative rushes ever. Like, think of that. So, like, if he's he's literally trying to do everything, mm-hmm. if you give him just any decent, just put him on any decent franchise and you eliminate half those rushes, he's probably averaging over his career 5.2 yards carry, and we probably never even think about putting him behind Walter Payton.
0: So if if Calvin Johnson doesn't play for the Lions, he's the greatest wide receiver of all time? Ooh. Now,
1: right there, it, here's the thing. When we get into wide receivers, <laughs> it, you, Calvin Johnson, oh, my God. An absolute freak of nature. You can't tell. Oh, so, Calvin Johnson is in the top three wide receiver all time? He's not? No, he is. Oh, yeah. See my point? Now imagine what he could do with like
0: well, Pink Manning. Uh, top three in my head right now. I'd top five. Easily top five. Top five for sure. Yeah. Top when three, I think I and we'll difference. get
1: to we'll get to wide receivers. I'm not gonna give you my official rankings, but like like you're talking about some of the greatest players of all time playing for a bad just a bad franchise. And I'm not doing this to knock on Lions fans and anybody who's a fan of that. I'm just saying like but your owners never can put they are trash. They never put anything together to like help their players or give them the right contracts they deserve, but to also build a team that is worth like rooting for and has a potential to win
0: anything. You mean like the Cincinnati Bengals whose owner has yet to give them an indoor practice facility? So they practice at the University of Cincinnati.
1: Yeah. Well, they have Joe freaking Burrow now. So. They do.
0: They do now. But now, how do you pay for all those players? Hey, the Jamar Chases. Hey, the Joe this Burrow. is all
1: I'm saying. Who cares what happens if Joe Burrow doesn't win a Super Bowl? Because okay, if we'll he doesn't win that. a Super Bowl ever, then who cares that they won the AFC? Nobody cares how many champ, AFC yeah. championship games you win if you don't win a Super Bowl.
0: We'll get to that. But so obviously, our twos and threes are are swapped. So I went Barry and Walter. You went Walter and Barry.
1: Yes. So Here's, that's probably, that's probably like, realistically, that's probably the, the, the hottest debate, I think in running backs, everybody in for running sure. backs, that's probably the hottest one, but we all know who number one is.
0: And I'll, but I'll tell you Walter Payton real quick. I met his son at, uh, I did a interview with Cruz in Chicago and we sat down with this guy, come to find out it's his son, Jared Payton. Jared Payton played at the University of Miami and then played for uh, the Titans and I believe the Jaguars dude was built like a brick house Mm. and obviously had retired, you know, 10, 15 years later, but nicest dude of all time. So that's my connection to Walter Payton. That was pretty cool. But number one, we all know who number one is. There's no doubt about it. It's Marshawn Lynch. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe number 1 fan favorite of it's all time. Jim Brown. Jim Brown, number 1 running back of all time, uh played for the Cleveland Browns, the Cleveland Browns from 1957 to 1965 in an era where defenses were built to stop the run. Brown dominated them all. He was the only running back in the history of the NFL to average more than 100 yards per game, 104.3. He also holds the NFL record for career yards per carry, 5.2. Brown was an eight-time NFL rushing champion, four-time NFL MVP, and he was selected to an All-Pro selection eight times during his Hall of Fame career. He only played nine seasons, and yet, is still arguably the best running back in all areas of professional football.
1: Yep. Uh, one MVP is rookie year, um, and at his peak averaged 6.4 yards a carry. 6.4 yards a carry. Like, we're not talking about pass attempts, and we're not talking about, like, temp We're talking about 6.4 yards a carry. Just, just running through people.
0: 118 games, 12,312 yards rushing yards, 106 rushing touchdowns, 15,459 all-purpose yards with 126 total touchdowns. Pro Football Hall of Fame class of 1971. And not only was he a great football player, he was probably arguably just as good of an actor. An actor, a um he was he was a presence on and off the field. Like he, you know, stand for political justice, philanthropist, philanthropists, you know, people's rights. He him and Muhammad Ali were the big the two biggest guys, two biggest superpowers in the 60s. Even to this day, ma'am, you know, Jim Brown commands respect no matter where he goes. And the next auto that i really want to add to my collection i know you have one the jim brown game used patch auto so uh
1: yeah i had someone reach out to me like wanting like 7 grand for it and i was like
0: no nice nice try put add another zero to the end of that and <laughs> it's all yours no
1: yeah <laughs> yeah it, at, at uh, he's sadly like i saw a couple videos of him this year when he was sitting in like the suites he doesn't look very good. I mean, maybe obviously. from a health standpoint. Now, I might have just caught him in a, a bad camera angle, but. Um,
0: He's also I 85.
1: Think, yeah. I think a guy like him is get gets forgotten, but he was like to just say, like, oh, I, 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 I played nine years, but like. I just kind of want to go act, so I'm gonna just quit football because it's, it was fun, but it, it like yeah, it wasn't very fun because like I just beat everybody. So I'll, I'll see you later. I'm gonna go try this now. Like, he, could you imagine if he played 15 years? I I couldn't. Like, hold on. So let's do this. He retired in 1968, seven, six, five. He uh, sixty five. All right, so let's do this. I'm going to look up. We'll go on to the next thing. I'm going to look this up.
0: Well, I was going to add this. In 1983, 17 years after retiring from professional football, Jim Brown thought about coming out of retirement to play for the Los Angeles Raiders <laughs> just because Franco Harris would was going to break Brown's all-time rushing record. Uh, Jim Brown disliked Harris's rushing style and criticized the Steelers' running back tendency to run out of bounds instead of run over his opponents. Yeah,
1: I have no doubt that Jim Brown would have been able to carry that. So his last year was 65. Mm -hmm. So in 66, it was Gale Sayers and Jim Nance, and then Jim Nance and Leroy Kelly and then Paul Robinson and Leroy Kelly, and then Gale Sayers and Dickie Post. You can't tell me for four or five more years. And those guys were averaging like 1,000, 1,200 yards. You can't tell me for five more years he, he wouldn't be the rushing champion for five more years?
0: He would be, absolutely. And
1: then how many more MVPs and how many more championships? Like, it, it would not have been close. Would not have been close. He would have owned everything.
0: And people forget that Jim Brown was the first color commentator for the UFC.
1: Yes. Yeah, Jim Brown. Jim Brown, hands down.
0: Mikey Ray Ray hates that. He said, not Jim Brown.
1: Mikey, are you still stuck in 1980? Like, are you still stuck? Are you still stuck and can't ever get you know out of he, your nineteen eighties, nineteen nineties? So,
0: and so Mikey's and Mikey says uh, Barry Sanders is number one through ten.
1: Mikey Ray needs to, the okay, Mikey, um, you need to call nine one one, ask for the help hotline, and check you into a rehab center. Okay, I know drugs are hard, but you can beat this. Okay.
0: Jim Brown. Number so one. quick recap, number 10 through number one on my list, Edron James, OJ Simpson, Marshall Falk, Eric Dickerson, Emmett Smith, LaDamian Tomlinson, Earl Campbell, Barry Sanders, Walter Payton, Jim Brown. Yep. Neil, your top 10 list.
1: Earl Campbell, OJ, Eric Dickerson, Adrian Peterson, Marshall Falk, LT, Emmett Smith, Walter Payton, Barry Sanders,
0: Jim Brown. So it wasn't we weren't as far off difference-wise as, you know, I, I thought th- we were going to be. Like you like you said, like that top that 9-10 li- list, 9-10 you could have put just about anybody and then there's a ton of them 11 through 25.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you think about it,
0: 8 out of the 10 guys
1: we we all had on the same list, Mm-hmm. The orders were just a little different, and then what was it? Two or three, th- or three of the guys we had in the exact same position. Yeah, I, I honestly felt like running backs was a little bit easier to do than quarterbacks. Wide receivers, I think it's, there'll be a little more variance. I think, I think, I think so, the top yeah. five will be the top five will be similar, but outside of that, will be very very different.
0: Six through ten is going to be kind of a <clears> wire. I, I have to my- say,
1: like probably five through ten or four through ten could he be a little bit different
0: I have my top I have my top three and they've been my top three for quite a number of years but we'll save that for next Monday
1: yeah I think I mean top two for sure has been always been the top two but that's all I can say
0: okay but now next week Super Bowl your Los Angeles Rams.
1: A week from today. Versus.
0: Actually, a week from today, game. the game should be ending. Right now at 9.45 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Hopefully ending. With the winner being, and the score is, what, deal? I was thinking about
1: this today. I was like, if I could choose a score, what would I choose? I think it would be... Rams, 34. Bengals, 28.
0: 34-28.
1: What's the over-under? Is it at 50? Oh, the over-under?
0: Let me look real quick.
1: It's going to be an over. I think it'll be over. If it's at 52, I think, what is that? 34-20. That's 52. The over-under
0: is... Show me, show me, show me, show me, show me... Over under is 48 and a half. Yeah, it's gonna be over that. Yeah. I
1: just th- I think those offenses are a little uh, a little too potent to kind of put that together.
0: As of right now, the spread is four and a half, uh, and the money line is minus two hundred la plus one seventy uh, Cincinnati. Doesn't get me excited enough to bet on Cincinnati, but I I am going to pick them to win the game. I'm going to say it's going to be a very close. It's going to come down to the last possession.
1: Another McPherson field goal?
0: No, I think it's going to have to be a touchdown. And I'll tell you what I think happens. I think Matt Stafford makes a mistake in the fourth quarter, whether it be an ill-advised throw or an interception that gives the Cincinnati Bengals the ball back. With a drive or two left, so I'm going uh 29 27 Cincinnati. <sighs> I still think so. No matter what score is, you can't tell me that this hasn't been the best playoff football probably in the history of the NFL. I,
1: it, I yeah, I 100% agree with this that.
0: This has saved the NFL season,
1: y- yeah. I, I agree. I mean when you take out when you take out all the big dogs, but you give you give the fans this grade of football, mm-hmm. it's I think it, it makes up for it. I I just hope as a Rams fan that it what see what I see coming down to it is and what I've seen probably the last four or five games from us. Uh huh. The defensive line is really picking up. And they pick up in that fourth quarter. And I think I think part of part of the issue with the Buccaneers game was all those turnovers that just put your defense in a bad position. And you're playing the greatest of all time. Against the Cardinals, they picked it up in the fourth quarter and they just dominated the line of scrimmage against a terrible offensive line. And Kyler was just running around. And Aaron Donald looked great. I think in in the game against uh um the the Niners we just we dominated the fourth quarter. And and I I just think as much as Joe Burrow has like I don't want to say gotten lucky, but gotten a lot of breaks and just everything kind of fallen for them. Like how I mean, you it's one game, so anything can happen, but how mm. many times can everything fall your way? You know what I mean? So, I just I think Aaron, I think Aaron Donald wants it. I think Von Miller wants it. I think there, we're, we're supposed to get back Taylor Rapp, our starting safety. We're supposed to get back Sebastian Joseph Day, our starting defensive tackle with Aaron Donald. I think it's, I just, I, I hope the defense comes to play the way the defense was built to come and play. I hope it's the case. And Joe Burrow's offensive line is garbage. And I don't oh, know how they are managing to survive.
0: Trash cans. They are absolute trash cans.
1: And this is, and, and I've been telling this to people, like, this is the best defensive line that that Joe Burrow's seen.
0: Oh yeah, Oh yeah. Von Miller on the outside, Aaron Donald's on the inside. You're going to have to double Leonard.
1: You have Leonard Floyd too. Like they all have, they all have, they all have ten plus sacks.
0: Mm-hmm. So it is the Super Bowl. Anything Um,
1: could happen. I just hope I hope we come to play um, play.
0: The third part of our show is called sports cards and bets. It's the Super Bowl It's nice to get down during the Super Bowl Um, We're not sponsored by any uh, Any betting agency, but hey FanDuel um, we use FanDuel. I use FanDuel Love us. I'm looking at some of the things that we can bet on for the Super Bowl uh, Super Bowl MVP. Who do you think is going to win the MVP? They have Matt Stafford at plus one twenty, Joe Burrow at plus two thirty, Cooper yeah. Cup at plus five fifty. So, so when this opened up, uh-huh. there's one that it's if 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 the Bengals
1: win, it's going to be Joe Burrow. Period. For sure. If the Rams win, I think it's Cooper Cup, and if it's not Cooper Cup, Aaron Donald has a game of his life to solidify his place in history. And I think he's the Super Bowl MVP, but I, I think it's won by those two players. If it's the Rams, I think it's one by Burrow. If it's the,
0: there's just so many prop bets that I, uh, that I love. Um, I'll tell you the easiest bet that you want to place, um, opening kickoff does the opening kickoff get returned it doesn't matter if that sucker is eight yards deep in the end zone it's the super bowl you run that sucker out and try to (laughs) devin hester that thing i'm gonna tell you right now if it was was
1: the 49ers they would have returned it but i do not see the Bengals, and i do not see the rams returning it yeah
0: mostly because the
1: kickers are actually pretty good like matt gay and evan mcpherson are pretty good kickers
0: If you like prop bets, use FanDuel. You got so many different options um, like a pass prop bet, the result of Matt Stafford's first pass. Will it be a completion? Will it be an incomplete pass or intercepted? You can bet on things like that. You can bet on uh, first team, the team to score first wins the game. Yes or no. Like, I'm going to get down on Super Bowl Sunday, throwing down some money, hopefully winning. Uh, bet responsibly. We're not telling you who to bet for, what to bet for. If you're betting way over your means, just like sports cards, um, don't do that. We it, always bet within your means. It's not that much, unless you know. Bet the house. Bet the house. Bet uh, bet cards with your friends. Yeah. Hey, why do you think the Bengals win? I think it's just some. It's it's toughness and tenacity. It's gonna lay a hundred percent on Joe Burrow's shoulders, and him being that Patrick Mahomes esque, gonna Brady-esque. have to run around, run around, make a play, do something. Like his team, honestly, sucks. They're terrible. Like, but I think the swagger, confidence, and attitude that Joe Burrow's brings. Helps his team stick together. Don't know what he's like inside the huddle or what he tells his team, but you know, Joe Burrow, the way Joe Burrow is, you know, they're calling him Joe cool, Joe Brady, Joey franchise. The team goes with him. So if Aaron Donald and Von Miller and Leonard Floyd can get to him early and often like their job should be to find out who the backup quarterback is.
1: See. I will say this. Von Miller already has a Super Bowl MVP. He does. He's used to He's playing in this game.
0: Was that against that was against the Panthers, wasn't it? Who Super had the big, big, the big
1: the big next QB? Cam, Cam Newton. Newton.
0: Whoever thought Cam Newton was the big next QB should never be an NFL analyst <laughs> ever again. Scam Newton was Trash in college and he was trashing the nfl you know one day one day all right everybody's obviously wasted another hour and a half listening to us break down our top 10 list you should always tell us your top 10 list what did we get wrong what do you see different write it down in the comments page on facebook on youtube on our twitters on instagram let us know Uh, Do us a big favor. Give us a like. Give us a subscription on YouTube. Like the Facebook page. Tell your friends. um, Find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Thank you to our sponsors like Normal, Slab Savers, Prospect Cards, Graded Card Solutions, and Nation Golf. Next week after the Super Bowl, we will be back as long as I do not have a baby and I'm able to get here. Had a scare this morning and uh <laughs> had to make a trial run to the hospital this morning. So hopefully we're planning next Monday after the Super Bowl the top ten wide receivers of all time. Be our final top ten hopefully list. Hopefully I'm still alive. Yeah, yeah. That that too. Um
1: who knows? So maybe
0: I'll Kale. be but if you do die, can I have all your cards or does Kale get those? Um
1: <laughs> I'll let the will decide.
0: (laughs) Hey, I can do Photoshop pretty well, but until next time, thank you everybody for giving us another listen. Tell your friends, follow us, send us questions. Thank you to card collector Two. Thank you, Ryan, for giving me a follow on Twitter today. That was pretty cool. So um, stay hungry in the hobby, stay loving it, do it for fun. We'll catch you on the flip side later.